0: All right, guys, if you're listening to this episode, let me warn you, Fern is fired up.
1: Because I'm having to compete with your meme time.
0: (laughs) He's upset that I've been putting a lot of memes on my Instagram, v. Jason Ackerman.
1: And telling me me that he's busy.
0: (laughs) And at the same time, yeah, arguing that I'm busy. But I'm not making those memes. It's a buddy of mine. His name is Nate. (laughs) If you guys want memes of yourself done, I can connect you. Nate's the
1: best. 25 bucks a whack. Yep. So you're welcome Nate.
0: <laughs> I've never seen you yell. Have you when when was the last time you yelled? I mean, I assume it had to do with Jess or the, or the kids.
1: What do you mean by yell? Like yell out of anger?
0: Yeah, well, you know, I just prefaced this whole episode with, "Hey, Fern's fired up," but you're not yelling. You don't really get angry.
1: I do. I I think um. I think like the the amount of time I've spent in the military has taught me to really jam that anger deep down inside because <laughs> nobody in the military gives a crap if you're angry. So it's just kind of you know it does in the, in the military. It never really helps if you're angry. Um, which in life, in general, doesn't really help if you just walk around being angry. It doesn't mean I'm not angry, but um, you know why I'm not a yeller? I'll tell you exactly why I'm not a yeller. It's not to say I don't yell. I had a, my basketball coach in college. I don't know if you know this, but I played college basketball.
0: What division today. did you play? What yeah, division?
1: Yeah, The only division, Division I. Um, uh, no, but my, my coach in college was a screamer, and he just was always screaming. So, like, it, nothing was ever good. Everybody was always f- afraid to do and make mistakes. And so eventually, after, you know, one and a half to two seasons, that tends to lose its effect. And anytime he starts screaming, everybody just tunes him out and their eyes roll in the back of their head. So it's not effective. Um, you know, think about the people that have, that, like, who's somebody that you wouldn't want to lose their cool with you?
0: You know, typically, somebody you're afraid of, someone bigger, stronger. Is that what you're referring to?
1: Just in, I don't know, like, you could just think of, you know, like, you and I always joke that we like fear Nicole Carroll. Yeah. I would never I... want her to get. I would never, because I'm afraid, because she doesn't do that. Which means, if that happened, things have gone terribly wrong. That means like we've, 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 this is a very, very serious issue. And I am in deep shit where if she just yelled at everybody all the time, we'd just be like, all right, I'm just going to wait till she's finished talking and then move on with my day. But that's not her. So if she was to lose her cool or if she was to even get stern, my butthole would tighten up.
0: Right. And, and I think almost, well, you're implying is for some people it's, it's worse. I think we all know that feeling where it's like, I'd rather you just yell at me than talk to me sternly, almost with a with a hint of uh disappointment in your voice. Disappointment, yeah. And it's the old adage of yeah. I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. And that stings much worse.
1: Yeah, but there's those people if, there's those people if you get a glimpse of them being angry, you're like, I don't want any part of that. Particularly because I never see it, and if if that happens, that means things have gone really sideways. right? So I've always felt that you should reserve you should reserve outsized reactions for outsized scenarios, like things that really deserve being angry and yelling. because to some extent it's it's like same thing as coaching your athletes. if you If you're always harping on them, be like, go harder, go harder, go harder all the time be like, you need to go faster at well, some point I'm like, I'm not even listening to you anymore. You're just like, what, like, is, is it ever going to be hard enough? Like, am well, I ever going to be going fast enough for you to be like, great job?
0: Yeah, I think that's, probably a, you not. Know.
1: if you're that, if you're that coach, you know?
0: Well, that's a really, I mean, in general, valid points. Like, there's no sense in escalating. There's no sense in getting angry. In fact, I mean, the two books sitting beside me when I'm not making memes you know, reading these daily stoic books. Have you seen these? You need these for.
1: I have both. I have the Daily Stoic in my house.
0: All right. Well you need to read it again.
1: By the way By the way, the Daily Stoic does not advocate lack of emotion. Just the yeah, that, chew you on that.
0: <laughs> that that's true. Well, by the way, does Virginia have no Wi-Fi right now? Because your connection is is terrible.
1: Uh, it's felt like that all morning. To be very honest with you, I was on another Zoom call earlier and it was awful as well.
0: Well, hold on one second. I'm gonna try something. No, I think we. I think I figured it out. I switched my internet as well. We've got a couple different ones in the house, and this one seems to be a little better too. So, so now you. that we not me (laughs)
1: me. as usual per usual
0: what you were saying is the daily stoic doesn't uh, encourage lack of emotion i agree but it does encourage lack of anger and not letting your emotion get the better of you
1: so yeah i don't think that it encourages lack of anger because that's not possible
0: but how you how you exhibit that anger
1: right yeah so that's the that's the whole discussion about emotion there like you try to avoid telling people how to feel like you can't how you feel. You can't control how you feel. You control how you react to your feelings, but I'm going to feel how I'm going to feel. I'm either going to feel resentful or slighted or angry or sad or whatever. And then what I do with the feeling is what matters not, but there's no amount of me that can determine how I'm going to feel like that's, I don't, I'm not even sure that's possible.
0: But let let me take a step back. You were mentioning like the people you see angry or you don't want to see angry. Do you remember the, event that we judged at the games. Um, not the first year we did the obstacle course, but we did something else a fo- the following year, I think, in Madison. And we were given like Marine t-shirts and boots.
1: We went to the games. Or, uh, I mean, we went not to the games. We went to the ranch. No, no, oh, that no. Was oh, that, was, that was Carson. That was,
0: yeah, there was that one as well. But no, there was a specific event. I believe it was.
1: It was an obstacle the, course.
0: Yeah, but it wasn't like the main obstacle. Remember the first obstacle course when it snowed in August?
1: No, no. This is the obstacle course that, that was kind of like the Marine Corps obstacle course. Yes. Yeah.
0: With the it, dummy it was, in the
1: sand. it was in the sand.
0: Right. And they gave us yeah. a a Marine shirt to wear as judges
1: and the it, boots. It's not. It was not a Marine shirt. It's called a coyote tan shirt. What's that mean? It's a color.
0: No, no, no. There was that one. But then the, you're you, – you're not remembering this. There was one where we literally got a black shirt, and it said Marine Corps on it, and it was sponsored by the Marines.
1: Uh, the event itself. Yeah, yeah, that obstacle was sponsored by the Marine Corps, but I don't think we wore black shirts for that.
0: No, no, I remember this vividly. There was—I know what you're talking about. The first the year, Marines, they,
1: they, the Marines who were there, definitely wore Marine shirts. No, no,
0: and we had black boots we were given. Anyway, the point being. I looked over on the side and Dave Castro was screaming at somebody. And in my mind, I was like, Oh shit. Like, cause Dave's another example. Like you don't really see him lose his cool, but he's intimidating. And in that moment when he was screaming, I was like, Oh, that something serious is happening.
1: I mean at the game it's, it's well, the last couple of years he's been super chill. But I mean, yeah, it wasn't it, uncommon to see him like get fired up, which in some of those scenarios, <clears throat> I think that's a misconception is that if, if you have an event like that, I'm, I'm not saying it can't be done without being that, but if you're going to drive that train if, to, to the precision at which he expects it to run, I don't know that that's, I don't know that's out of the ordinary or inappropriate if, if something gets messed up, you know, cause he's not doing it maliciously. He's doing it because we have something to do. Yeah, right, no, and you no. gotta get there. Like, you know, there's a task at hand and we all have to chip in and and you might get yelled at, and that's it is what it is.
0: Well, point is, he you know, you can you you were absolutely right. When someone's screaming that doesn't often do it, you're like, Whoa, that's a big deal. Versus like when I was growing up and my mom would scream at me once a day, you're like, All right, here she goes.
1: One time we were in the uh we were in the poop shoot at Carson and there i'm not, i will not name the other judge but there was another judge who had like a quasi altercation with an athlete and dave just comes walking through the poop shoot and he just puts his finger on my chest and he's like watch yourself out there and i was and i was i was like didn't even have time to say that wasn't me <laughs> and then he who, was gone <laughs> who was it i'm not telling you i'm not telling you i'm not putting that person on blast but i will tell you that person has been on the podcast
0: <laughs> so that person was getting into it with an athlete on the on the they,
1: field quasi like it was it was a very it was it was a noticeable slash awkward interaction there was some there was some no reps happening which were legit but the athlete was angry the judge was showing some degree of emotion and you know it, it didn't escalate to anything but like if you were watching you're like oh shit and then i got the brunt of that standing why do you think he's like were you standing next to this judge no, I just think it was just, I think it was just uh, confusion. You know, it's just, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of judges, and he thought it was me, probably from a distance.
0: Yeah, that happens.
1: <laughs> and, then I, and then I was like, oh, fuck, I'm fired. Man.
0: Right, and then you kind of want to do the thing where you chase after him, like, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> but then he's like, he's, nope, like,
1: just,
0: he's already on the lashings. next thing. Yeah.
1: Well, in that scenario, and then knowing knowing Dave to some extent, that's a, that's actually another discussion point that would make it worse. Right? Like right. like a guy like Dave would probably have more respect for you if you just took your lashings and knowing it wasn't you than if you made a scene to deflect blame.
0: Yeah. I think like, if ha- any not having
1: the wherewithal to know that this is going to be over in five seconds. You just like I'm just gonna take it instead of instead of like getting into an interaction at which no point am I going to win. And I was just like, yes sir.
0: Yeah. No, and I think because of that, it was also out of his head immediately. And yeah. he probably never thought of it again, to be fair. And no. if you would have done that, if you would have chased after him, he would have remembered that interaction.
1: He would have remembered the interaction, probably not in a positive light.
0: I think I've told the same, a story about Dave on the show, but this was years ago. Before I was even judging, I was like running the equipment on the, on the tennis stadium floor there was some sort of deficit handstand push up going on. But we had those, you know, those like flip score cards that you would lose, use in like a soccer game or kickball in like elementary yep. school. So we had those out on the floor and we didn't put them on for the first heat because Boz literally told me, don't put those out there. And I didn't. And then I'm standing on the sideline watching next to Dave. And Dave's like, I told you to put those scorecards out there. Go put those scorecards out there, whatever. And I didn't say, Boz told me not to. She's like, okay, second heat, put them out there. They're a clusterfuck. They're like in the middle, there's no room. And right when the second <laughs> heat's running, he's like mid-heat. He's like, get those fucking things off. <laughs> 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 like, so I'm literally out there during it. It was like they had to move within a, all three movements were like within the rig. And I'm like trying to get out there, sneaking these things off the floor. And then I told the story the next day, like he emailed me after the games were over and he was like, thanks for doing that. I know I freaked out a little bit, but he remembers that stuff of like, I didn't panic. I didn't blame. I didn't come up with excuses. You just do what he asked.
1: Yeah, because you, you have to understand like, that's your job at that point. Like your job is to some degree, follow directions and be a punching bag, Like that's what you sign up for.
0: And it's no different than, you know, I'm sure at times in the military where you're told to do something and you're like this is dumb, but I'm going to do it anyway. I've seen.
1: Yeah. That, I, there I, is no other scenario in the military. Like there is not another scenario. That's it. When you sign up, you're just like, I am now a punching bag and I'm told what to do for the rest of my existence.
0: <laughs> I, I once saw Dave ask a volunteer to do something and they responded with like, why? And he didn't even look back at them. He just turned and told somebody else to do it. And then asked that person to leave.
1: And that's, Don't have time. Don't have yeah, time. I don't. I don't like, ain't nobody got time for that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Imagine having to answer why to everything you put out there when you're trying to run a huge event like that.
1: The, yeah, and that's just that's the that's the kind of and again, that's not a knock on that person. Is if you don't have a, an ex, if you don't have the experience of being a small cog in a big machine, you don't understand that that you're asking why can create problems.
0: Yeah, and you're you know making everything take longer. Yeah. All right. Let us get to the topic at hand first. We're still mid quarantine. Mm-hmm. Boxes are hopefully going to open soon. There's a lot of uncertainty out there, but
1: Not according to Virginia governor, we're not. Well, just got we're extended. Hopeful.
0: We're hopeful. We're hopeful that you'll you'll get back out there.
1: Just for the record, it, New York's talking about opening up and Virginia's not.
0: When when you say New York, though, I think a lot of people assume Manhattan is New York. It's a small part of New York. Are you, are they saying the entire state or are they saying New York city, Manhattan is going to open up?
1: Uh, you know, I, I don't know enough to know that. I'm, I would imagine it would be the state. I, it'd be really hard to roll that out by, I mean, how would you even do that?
0: Well, by you could city? do county wise. I mean, i I've, I've, Turn that's so off. much
1: coordination and then it, the problem that i see with that like as a as a leader as a, if if i was the governor is that you're you're only increasing the pool of people that you're making angry because you're always somebody will always be left out of the crew that gets opened up and maybe you don't care and maybe it's not your job to care but um yeah I, the short answer is i don't know i I literally have no idea i just know that the, the uh, several of the governors i think it was philadelphia maryland new york were in discussions about uh the different variations of opening their gyms uh because there's a lot of problems like you were just telling me before this that apparently the ppp money ran out and i've been on discussions with people for the past two days about like the intricacies of their leases and how to manage that because there's some crazy stuff going on with landlords you know trying to basically strong-arm people into Into extending their leases, not just paying. They're basically bribing them or blackmailing them and saying, I'll only defer this cost if you sign an additional three years. And there's severe problems with that because you're signing, you're signing, you would be signing additional three years of potentially space you don't want to in the midst of hardship for property that is probably going to go down in value within the next six months. So now I'm going to be overpaying based on market value.
0: Well, and not to mention with the uncertainty of when everything gets up and running, you your Are first you even payment can be due right. <laughs> yeah. And your first payment could be due, you know, while you're still closed. I mean I yeah. I'm happy to talk a little more about this, but if I were leasing right now, assuming the gym you know, a gym space, an affiliate space, I would just stop paying rent. That's all I would do. I would just stop paying rent. When, I'm when not I giving anybody
1: legal advice, but yes, that would be my recommendation. Well, and not because you're like trying to stiff the landlord. No, you're just practicing. Here, here's where I think it, just practice some patience. Like not, it's not that, it is not that, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not that critical that you pay rent tomorrow. It's just not particularly if you haven't look, looked through your lease and if with a fine tooth comb to see if you even have to, I looked through one of mine. I don't have to. And the landlord asked me for money and I'm pretty sure they know that I don't have to. Based Cause I have a what? force mayor. I have a force clause in there that specifically states if operations are, if I'm forced to reduce operations or cannot operate due to uh, strict uh, government laws or regulations, then I do not have to pay rent for the duration of that delay.
0: But you know, so this is really, what people
1: are referring to with regard. You've heard that people say like the act of God clause. Yes. The act of God clause, there is no act of God clause. It's, it's, it's usually stated in some way, shape, or form in the force mayor clause of a lease if it happens to be in there. No, I
0: was going to say that's a really. And I good believe point. I'm saying
1: that right. I could not be saying that right. It's like it's spelled M A G M A J E U R E. I think it's force mayor.
0: But point is, going forward, that's an interesting fact that people should know. If you're gonna sign a lease, check that out.
1: Now it also depends state by state, because um, i was having like a brief conversation with my lawyer via email, uh, and hopefully a phone call later. But in, in some states, it has to state pandemic, right, or epidemic. But then, or it has this, or it has to state something about government regulations or law, which this absolutely checks that box. And then there's another defense that people could use, uh, at least, again, you should talk to your lawyer about this because it's a state by state, but just if you're not aware of it, there's a, what a, it's called like impro- impossibility or impracticability defense, meaning like it's impossible for me to operate a business um, based on these circumstances. And then what was the other one? There was something else that was, it just it, I mean, here here's the bottom line is that I think any landlord that's going to try to litigate this is going to have a real hard time winning. And it's in their best interest to not try to take advantage of tenants. Um, in, in my personal opinion, that's not my legal stance. You know, obviously contracts are contracts, but there is the, there is the idea of fairness within law. Um, uh, what was the other? Oh yeah, frustration of purpose. That And the other one, what I was reading on that one is that when you sign a lease there's a there's a certain amount of assumption about what i will and will not be able to do while occupying the space and clearly not being able to operate my business is not an assumption that i'm making when i sign a lease to pay somebody else money so i just think it's one of those things where like if you just pump the brakes you know it's not like they're going to come kick down your door now there are instances where i I, there's i've seen on the news where like the landlords literally locked people out but most cares. of the lawyers that I've, yeah, you, you can't operate anyway. Like, I mean, it's closed down. So it's like, what am I going to do? Um, but I do think uh, some of the some of the lawyers that I've spoken to, like the landlords that do that, are really opening themselves up for liability because it's it's not necessarily justified. And again, I just think I think you're I think anybody's going to have a hard time, a getting that adjudicated at all. And if it does to get adjudicated, I don't think any judge is going to hold the defense, which is going to be the tenant at fault for that. It's just like, it's, it's going to be tough.
0: Well, that's what I would think of, you know, when this is all said and done, if they want to take you to court or, or, you know, you want to get open back up, I don't think any judge is going to be like, Hey, during this time where you couldn't run your business because the government shut you down, you now owe all this back rent.
1: Well, so that was, so I had the landlord, they and i'll give my scenario uh so i have two landlords because i have two different spaces Uh, uh, one i just have a tenant in that leases space there um but i'm i have i have the master lease on that space so not my main space here at crossford right a different space and the landlord sent me a proposal which was hey we're going to take your deposit as as rent for april and then we're going to defer two months and then in what would that be that would be may june it was either it was like it was like resume Paying rent in August or September, I think. And they're like, but at that point, you'll owe three months' rent, which will a bit which we will uh amortize over six months. So I did the math and I was like, no. I was like, A, you can't take my deposit for that. I'm pretty sure that's illegal. And I was right. And B, that would increase my rent for six months by 50%. And I'm like, you think I'm gonna be able to afford a 50% increase after this in rent? I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like no, so I don't think anybody should take that deal either. I think what you should really push for hard for is exactly what most mortgage mortgage companies are doing with borrowers is just tack it on to the end of your agreement. So that way you're because if you take that additional expense and amortize it over whatever the time period is, now you just increase your overhead in an extremely volatile period. And I just don't know that's in your best interest, particularly depending on what the amount was and what the duration is, you know, so taking three months rent and amortizing it over six months is a significant increase in your rent month to month. month.
0: I agree. Roz has a a house in Cayman and they just extended, I believe it was three months. They just said, Hey, you don't have to do anything for three months, but we're going to add it on at the end. And that makes sense, especially with rent because yeah you know, it just gives you an opportunity to say, Hey, we're going to be here. You're going to get this money just right now. You're not. And I think what I would also consider doing if I were renting is talk to your landlord and say, Hey, what's your cost right now? Like, is your, or if you own this building outright, you know, you have no cost or is it just taxes? Maybe I can pay that. If it's, I do have, you know, most of the time your rent is more than the landlord's mortgage.
1: I mean I know I like I know what this building costs and I know I pay with within very close proximity as far as cost goes so the, if, the, mor- if it's, the mortgage on the building and cuz I man and I only and I only, I'll, I'll only occupy 39% of the building.
0: Well that's my point if you if you yeah. if your rent alone is a a third of his mortgage and and you said hey all three of us that occupy this building we're going to pay we're going to make sure your mortgage is covered.
1: No no my rent is his full mortgage.
0: Right, but I'm saying between the other tenants in the building, you guys yeah. can agree to cover his full mortgage. So that way, he you know he might not have made money this month, but at least he's not going out of pocket either.
1: Well, the I, I don't think in a lot of states they're required to. And again, any lawyers here feel feel free to chime in. Like uh, this is just from talking to mine, and then um, and I'm not again I do have to put this clause in here. But like we're not giving legal advice. Like you should talk to your lawyer. Talk to your lawyer. But here's some things to talk to your lawyer about basically. Um, I don't know that they're required to disclose if they have gotten relief or not.
0: Mm, Like your, your landlord.
1: Yeah. So, and then there's some of them that I was talking to another gym owner who the landlord is being kind of a, a a dick for lack of better terms. And they were basically demanding. So they're doing the same thing. Be like, Hey, you can pay half and then we're going to roll it in this way, but you need to bring, you know, your last 12 months of uh income statements and i was like under no circumstances should you do that like you're not you're not legally bound to do that uh, unless it says so in your contract but even then i think it would be again this is one of those ones where i like it is in your best interest to get a lawyer involved even if it costs you 300 bucks
0: you know you're assuming that the lawyer is going to be able to help within an hour or two
1: but my, that's exactly my point is, like, you have way more than an hour or two. You have a month. Like, nobody's coming in to shut you down well, I within mean, you're the just, next you're, 30 days. You're saying days.
0: get an attorney, but, I mean, you're assuming – you're just going for advice at that point.
1: If well, I mean, to if go they're going to gonna gonna bill, they're gonna bill you for some hours, and if they send a letter, they're going to bill you whatever their hourly rate is for that. But the point is, that's a real good way to just buy yourself some time. Like, the second that, that, that two parties have decided that we are on the verge of litigation and all of a sudden lawyers start exchanging, like, hey, we're not talking anymore, like, you can talk to my lawyer. Well, you have all the time in the world now until this gets sorted out. Like, it's now in litigation at that point, essentially.
0: That's you solid know, like, advice right there.
1: Um. You know, and that in any time I've ever had, you know, like, and I was talking to the landlord and I said, I'm going to send this to my lawyer because I'm not even sure that you guys can do that. And, and I'll let you know. And I said, but I'm not signing that document because I don't have to, right? Like there's a, there's a ton of stuff in in play here that people don't know about. And I think the other one that I was reading about is uh, with personal guarantees on, on leases. So there's a bunch of stuff that was passed and you do need to check state by state um about what, how it applies but as far as like being so if you personally guaranteed uh the lease which most affiliate owners did because you almost have to there's almost no way to get one without it i believe and it could be wrong but i believe that makes you a consumer and there are consumer protection laws in place in this time period
0: and i think so this there's certain all- things
1: there's certain things they cannot do because you personally guaranteed the space or the lease.
0: I mean, number one thing we're saying is check with your attorney.
1: Yeah. And if you don't have one, listen, they're happy to take your money and bill you hourly. Like you can get an attorney like very quickly.
0: If you're a box owner, you should have one. I mean, you probably have one at your box as a member.
1: For sure. So, Just ask them, just be like, listen, I I need your help. And that might not be, and again, they might not practice that type of law, but they'll be able to hand you off very quickly. And somebody could read through your lease and they'll be like, all right, this is what you need to do. So it's not like they're going to be spending, we're not talking about constitutional law where they're going to be looking through a ridiculous amount of documents here. And and it's going to be pretty black or white based on, on what the lease says you know of who have any experience and you're going to read it in 5 minutes and be like this is what you should do it's like okay yeah,
0: definitely talk to somebody about that and i think for a lot of box owners the issue is you know we we never went to business school we didn't read up on this and most likely we were so excited that we were opening we just signed a lease without looking through it so these are all lessons we should be learning and and certainly something we're now if you're in that scenario talk to somebody
1: and i th- the big takeaway here is just slow down like you don't you shouldn't feel forced into signing that agreement in in under duress essentially like like that's another aspect of that this like has to come up at some point like i signed that under duress not knowing what like legally what was okay and what was not okay and all these things so it, I have had, and I have two landlords, and neither one of them have given me any pushback. And I basically told them no.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, if a landlord's smart, they're thinking, okay, I need to deal with these next few months if I want to be able to collect rent going forward. That's what I would be thinking.
1: Yeah. Well, because, well, so there's two things there. Like, you have to know the landlord is going to ask you for money. Like, of course, they're going to try to get your money. Like, of course. So don't be afraid to say no. And then just be like, I can't pay you. Because the reality is like, you may be able to pay this month, but what about next month? Like you may have needed that money for something else. Like if you are waiting on a triple P loan that may never come through, and then you just kind of ignorantly gave away rent money that you probably didn't have to, that could be the difference between you filing bankruptcy or not.
0: Yeah, whether the box opens again. And what percentage, do you think there's going to be a lot of boxes that don't reopen?
1: I mean, I know Sean gave a uh, a number. What was his number again? He said he said fifty percent, didn't he?
0: It. I think that was
1: within a year. Over
0: time, yeah, over time, and and more so that don't reaffiliate, not necessarily close.
1: Which I don't know what the hell this has to do with reaffiliating, but um, yeah, I mean, yes, gyms will close. I, there's there's no avoiding it just like it, a lot of businesses in general so pick an industry and there will be a certain percentage of closing i don't know what that's going to be um but you know the reality is like you and i both know pretty intimately that a lot of crossfit gyms don't really run a significant profit margin if a profit margin at all and this for some instances i know a gym that's closing here that I'm pretty sure they've just been waiting for an excuse to close the gym and this is it.
0: No. And I think, I don't want to say in a good way, but I think a lot of boxes that we're hanging on struggling going, you know, month to month, it's not a good thing, but Hey, if this is your impetus for, for closing, cool. Maybe this will spark something new within you and you're not going to get stuck doing something you don't enjoy. Maybe we'll see less boxes with better coaching because some of these other box owners go to become, Full time coaches. Like, there could be some positives that come out of this, but you know, I, I think, I definitely think five to 10% of boxes may not open again.
1: I think that's fair. I was talking to another uh, uh, gym owner today, a, a younger guy who was saying that they're now considering uh, not re- renewing their lease because it, it renews at the end of the year and then basically just buying property. Like, to where their house is, and then putting a barn in the back and just moving their gym there for, for basically less cost.
0: Well, and for so many people, I think that's a big misconception that boxers still haven't grasped. Bigger is not better. There's, there's a point where by if you would stop, you're actually going to make more money than if you were to continue to expand or grow or, or take new space. Like there's, there's a chance training people in your garage Actually makes you more money than owning a box with 100 members.
1: For sure, for a lot of people, I think it's probably very likely. I think, um, and it's way less I, stressful. I, yeah, way less stressful. And I and I do think there's a natural expansion and contraction of a business over time as it matures. So you know, it's one of those things where like maybe that contraction is closure, or maybe that contraction is part of your business life cycle. You know, it because contraction doesn't mean forever, and it also contraction has multiple meanings and variations that contraction could mean a contraction physically in space but later on leading to an expansion in business via other revenues you know so i, th- I think there's a it's just a you know it, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that can there's a lot of pros that can come out of this just you know again we've talked about this like how 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 much other opportunity are you going to get in the future to just sit around and try to reinvent the wheel
0: yeah and just get get everything organized like we talked about last time there's always going to be more but you can certainly get ahead of it and you can certainly be doing some things that like sean spoke about on the podcast you know create these alternate streams of revenue that would not have happened if not for this but let's let's keep the topic at hand let's talk about you know paying rent we've already talked about it for 30 minutes have You
1: have you heard anything else
0: No, just about the PPP shut down for now. There's a talk of a second wave coming, but like you and I discussed before getting online, I have a feeling the majority of that money went to bigger, stronger businesses than it should have, you know, based on, you know, my opinion that, you know, affiliate owners and other small businesses should have got them, not necessarily chain restaurants.
1: I think I've heard of three businesses that have successfully been awarded their triple P money. What were they? When I say three bus- when I say three businesses, three small businesses, and I don't mean small businesses by the definition of the Small Business Association of less than five hundred employees. I mean small businesses in the sense that less than ten employees got money. Who was their money.
0: this? Who was
1: this? They were affi- They were affiliates.
0: So you know of affiliates that got the money they requested?
1: Three.
0: Wow, that's impressive. And that's- I'm super happy
1: for. And I'm yeah, and I'm happy for them. You know, and a lot to do with uh, and I think John Briggs and I talked about this, or he's talked about on the podcast a lot. and I'm pretty sure all three of those had very, very good relationships with their bankers.
0: That's a huge part of it because it was basically you you filled out your application, you went on a stack of paperwork, and it was how fast your bank went through it. Like you know, I was talking to a bank, and it was just taking forever. And now a loan may not happen. And a lot of it was because, they were just dilly-dallying themselves.
1: And you know, and I think I talked about this before. The other thing, so before all this happened, I was worried, and I just applied for a line of credit and got approved and got the line of credit. And I haven't used it, but it's there. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it feels good to have the backup. But that same company just called me this morning offering me triple P money. Now, I don't know if it was before all this happened and I shot an email right before we got on this, but he was just like, yeah, we can we can get it for you and we can get it for you quick. So I already have an application in, but I filled out multiple applications with multiple banks.
0: Right. So you may get it, but it may be too late and you were someone that was super proactive about it.
1: Yes. And that's that's like everybody's big fear is that like even the people that are proactive, nothing's happening. So think about people that are not proactive, like you're definitely not getting any money, not anytime soon.
0: And throw on top of that, really, everybody applied for this, regardless of how their business was affected.
1: Somebody else told me the other day, I think it was yesterday, that the the number that they heard was that something around less than 2% of the EIDL loans, the the actual SBA loans, so so the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, less than 2%. Had been executed, and that they were giving significantly less money than they had originally promised.
0: Yeah, I think so many. You know, I know of people that definitely did not need the money that
1: were still applying for it, and you know, so not only well, everybody should right because you don't need it currently, but we don't. But you know... may need it, right? That, yeah, we fair. don't. Have, we have no idea what's going to happen in the next six months.
0: Fair enough, but point is. You know, some of these loans went to the wrong people potentially, or people that had better relations. it's it was a mess. You know, at some point, they would have been, I, I get that the loans were a necessity, but at some point, it's better off just be like, hey, we're not we're not doing anything. You guys need to handle this on your own,
1: well, I so that and that's where I think that's where I think gym owners should be now, which is I think you should go all stop on anything. If you haven't turned off your utilities, I think you should because you can, right? In most states, like they're giving you. The option to do that so you should turn off your utilities you should you know if you can't pay rent i don't think you should feel pressured to try to figure out how to pay rent like i think it just is what it is it's not weird you know but you should do this with a lawyer and i'm pretty sure your lawyer would probably give you the same guidance but at the bare minimum you should just get the landlord to just wait you know so what I told mine was, I said, I'm not giving you an answer on anything until I get these loan applications adjudicated. That's it. That's my answer. They're like, should we follow up next week? And I'm like, I don't know. You can follow up next week if you want, (laughs) (laughs) but it's not going to change my answer. Yeah. Well, and, and typically like, I don't think this is one of those scenarios where like you want to be a dick and I'm, and I'm definitely not being that way, but You. This is a scenario where you need to stick up for yourself as a business owner, and it's not weird if you do. Like you should, as a small business owner, you should not bear the brunt of this shit show. Because the landlord wants their money, and that's not unreasonable.
0: No, I I think you know. In in summary, for all of this, it's one: read through your contract first. You know, and if you're not capable send it to an attorney you probably have one that goes to your box even if they don't specialize in, in real estate and rental agreements they they know enough what to look for in this and, and maybe you have a clause in there like fern referred to you know and beyond that you should a just have an attorney in general at your box and I would say lastly before you know fern you can wrap it up I'd say the last thing you guys need to consider as potential box owners is just going through all of your expenses I know a mistake I used to make as the as the owner of, of three boxes is when times were good, you just didn't really look at the little costs like Fern has spoken about, like whether it's your music fees or different membership softwares, or are you paying for different programs for your members to utilize online? But now is the time to take a look at all of those assess and hopefully have a healthier business when this is all said and done.
1: There's um I was just reading something else that somebody sent me to that there's a, again, like you're, even if your landlord drafts the lease, there are still things in the lease that protect you as the tenant in almost all leases. And something else is just reading one it's it's just a it's a clause in there about government governmental orders that can come down, and it basically stipulates that if if the government were to intervene and that intervention would result in a loss of up to one year's rent. So let's assume you're paying three thousand bucks a month roughly and so sure. you're going to lose thirty six thousand dollars, then then you have the right to terminate the lease, right? So well, there's things in there that you can start looking for, that a, maybe you don't want to terminate the le- terminate the lease, right? But b, the the idea here is like to avoid getting bullied by your landlord.
0: Yeah, that'd be an opportunity where you say, hey, look, we have this in our lease. I don't want to terminate it because I want to open again. However if you're going to force me to pay, I'm going to just use, you know, use this clause here. And then they would probably back off.
1: Yeah. Because what's the, so, cause then what's the, how does that, okay. How, how do we, how does this get executed in, in real life? It was like, okay, well I terminate the lease. I put all of my shit in storage for 250 bucks a month. And then when the economy opens back up, lease prices are in the tank and I can go in and negotiate cheaper rent afterwards. I mean, the landlords are not morons. Like they're aware. I think what I think what needs to happen is you need to make them aware that you're aware. Yeah, I think that's a
0: great way to put it. And and, and ultimately that means you need to get aware.
1: Yeah, you're like you need to be digging into the uh, like all this stuff and asking your lawyer questions and reading your lease and and talking to real estate agents and all these things and figure out like what is going on and call your bank and call your local officials and and like ask them what are you guys have that's coming down the pike that is going to help small businesses because there may be things on the docket or things that have been passed that you're not aware of that you can use as leverage in defense of not being taken advantage of by a landlord who's being a douche
0: and, and you know, let's, let's put out there for this episode. If you are an attorney or you have one at your box that can speak on this, we'd love to have them on to talk. to Yes.
1: Box owners. 100%. So 100%.
0: let's leave it at that. If you have somebody, please send them in our direction, best hour of their day at gmail.com or, or have us have them DM us on Instagram.
1: Cool. Fern. I'm not cool, but I mean, I'm cool. You're not cool.
0: This was Angry Fern, so hopefully everybody made it.
1: I'm still fired up, though. I'm still fired up.
0: Good enough. Good enough. But we got through it. We didn't talk about the topic we were going to, but I also don't think we mentioned it, so it's fine. We'll come back, and we'll, we'll get to that one next time. You done talking to me?
1: I was done talking to you months ago, bro.
0: Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. And thanks again to our special guest. We appreciate all you guys do for us with Best Hour of Their Day when it comes to sharing our posts on Instagram, when it comes to subscribing to us on YouTube, when it comes to the constant feedback. We are grateful and we appreciate it. We are trying to build a community based on coaching development, and becoming the best version of yourself. And it goes without saying that we couldn't do without all of you. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Season one of Dropping In is out. We are getting tremendous feedback and we'd love for you to check it out. Leave us a comment on there. Head over to our Instagram. Give us a follow. Like our pictures. Feel free to share anything that resonates with you. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback for us, please don't hesitate. Email us best hour of their day at gmail.com. Thanks again until the next episode. We hope you've had the best hour of your day.